Welcome to More Than a Few Words, the marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today I'm talking with Allison Carter, and we're talking about Facebook for small businesses. You know, a lot of people, when they use, when they think of Facebook, they think that it's only good if you own a business that focuses on consumers. But that's actually not true. We found a lot of success. And a lot of um, a lot of business can be generated through using Facebook for business to business activities too. You know, I I never thought. I mean, when I first started looking at Facebook, I totally thought it was about kids and pictures and families. And I've really been surprised. What do you think? Some of the best examples that we found um, that are really good B two B examples. Well, you know, there are lots of great examples out there. One in particular is Beaumont Industries. They're a local or a steel fabricator. Or they're, they're actually a manufacturing company. They do um, precision laser sheet metal work. And a lot of what they do is for race cars. So they're getting into Facebook. And honestly, the sheet metal fabrication process may not be that interesting, but, but the parts that they're making are fascinating because they're making very unique custom parts for race cars. And, and particularly in the month of May, for them to be focusing on um, the race teams and talking about um, how their parts are part of, insert name of driver here, um, and having an impact, that's the kind of thing that people are interested in. And I think that's a great lesson that we can take away from this. If you are a manufacturer or you help someone as part of a longer process and maybe what you're involved in isn't the end product, you can show what the end product was and tell what your part in this was. For instance, here's, you know, Dan Weldon, the winning car of the Indianapolis 500. We made X part for it and show a picture of Dan Weldon with the big green overalls and his bottle of milk. It doesn't just have to be a boring part sitting on a manufacturing line. Show the end product, not just the thing that you do specifically. You know, another example of that is um, kind of tying into, like, community events. Um, for example, when I was at Carrier Heating and Air Conditioning, and this goes back um, a lot of years, and, and long before I was really involved in Facebook, we would do equipment installations and donate equipment for habitat houses. And so in the, if I was working there today, I would go out to a habitat building. Yeah, I'd photograph a, a picture of our air conditioner, but I would photograph the family. I would photograph the crew of people that are working on that habitat build to humanize the company a little bit. Well, I think that maybe this seems a little bit simpler if you have an actual physical product that you sell, like the sheet metal parts or like a carrier heating and air conditioning system. But what are businesses to do when they don't sell a tangible product, when, say, they're selling a service, like, let's say, commercial lending? I think, I think in, my, in my opinion, Facebook is about humanizing the company. And so whether you're selling financial services, marketing services, or any type of widget, Ultimately, people want to get to know you. And so I think Facebook is a great place to, to, to do that humanizing. Maybe information about employees or employee activities. And you work with one of our companies that does some financial lending. You know, what are some of the things that you're talking to them about? Well, one huge thing that I'm talking to this particular company about is exactly what we talked about earlier, showing the end product. 
if you lend money to someone, I mean, you don't just want that horrible stock image of two guys shaking hands and a pile of money on the table. No one's going to be interested in that. But what you do want to do is once the product is finished, once they bought that new piece of equipment with the loan, once they hired the new employee, once they built the new church, go and take a picture of it and say, see what we could help these people do. We're so happy this worked out for them. Show the product of the labor that was a result of your work. And I think that's the other thing that people forget when they're doing updates on on Facebook and they put fact, 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 text, text, text. The truth is Facebook is about pictures. And if you want to get noticed in someone's timeline, pictures and video stand out in a stream of updates in a way that text doesn't. And so even if you have an intangible product, maybe you're a lawyer and maybe you're involved in um, a lawsuit um, and maybe it's a highly publicized lawsuit so you can use the logo of the company. Or maybe it's a lawsuit where um, the plaintiff or the, the person that you're working with, um, there's some kind of picture or story that goes with that. It's, it's not violating their privacy. Yeah. And, and that, that is always questionable. But if it's after the fact, if it's a case that you were involved in, or if you're writing about um, just general case law, Add a picture. I agree with you. I, I do think that you have to be very careful when you're working in a heavily regulated industry like legal. You always want to make sure that you're not stepping on toes. But especially after a case is concluded or after you're done with something, what happened to you? I told your story. The, the thing about Facebook, and one of the things that I really enjoy, is is the ability to show kind of the human side of the company. We have a lot of fun, honestly, on our round peg page. We we make it very personal. You are just as likely to see a blog post as you are a picture of us making snow angels. Hi, do you have a question? Yeah, you guys are talking about, you know, using Facebook for, for business, and I think what people are really having trouble with is kind of monetizing it. So can you give me an example of a time that you guys utilize Facebook to acquire some new business or build a relationship with a, with a client? Well, that's a really great question, and it actually ties in very well with this whole idea of personalizing the company. The Roundhead fan page is sort of the lighter alternative to our blog. While we do put some of the blog updates on our fan page, we also talk about the things that we do here at Roundhead. And uh, one of the activities that we do regularly is something called our kind of adventure series. Last year it was Adventures in Dining. This year we're doing Adventures in Culture and we're going to hit plays and museums. But last year one of the things that we did was go to a local restaurant, Bub's Burgers, where they make a one-pound burger. And there's kind of this challenge um, to eat the one-pound burger. Now, personally, I had no interest in eating that one-pound burger, but one of our employees, Jay, did. And so we documented his efforts on Facebook. We took a picture of him before. We took a picture of the hamburger. We took a picture of him afterwards looking a little green and had some fun, and some of our friends commented on the post. So did one of our prospects. There was a company in Michigan that we were talking to. We had been talking to the owner, and she had been following our activities on Facebook. And we were back from lunch, and I think Jay was um, having a little Pepto-Bismol to settle his stomach, 
when she called and said, okay, I'm in. I really feel like I know you guys, and I would like to uh, do business with you. So for us, that was a, a wonderful sign that we were going in the right direction. Well, I think that raises a really great point. We all want to think that our business is special, that we're different from any other company that does what we do, that there's no marketing firm like us, that there's no lawyer or plumber or whatever just like us. But the fact is, from the outside looking in, we all kind of look the same. So by letting people get to know the people behind the brand, behind that shiny new logo, you're really making yourself stand out from that homogenous, faceless, nameless competition and becoming people. Because ultimately, people do business with people, not with businesses. And I, I think, Alison, that's a great point. Um, uh, can you give folks maybe some other examples of things that they might put on their Facebook page that would give people a peek inside a company? Uh, videos are always great. Maybe it's just a short video explaining about what it is that you do. Maybe showing a step in your process. Maybe it's a, a video testimonial. Those are excellent things to put on your Facebook fan pages. They're they're less in, they're they're less formal. They're a little more casual, and it really lets people see what you're all about. The other thing, and and we haven't really talked about this, but when you put up a video that features someone else on Facebook, or a photograph that features someone on Facebook, if you tag that video or you tag that photograph, and it, what it does is it allows that person and their friends to easily see the video or the photograph. The advantage is perhaps I'm your customer and I have uh, agreed to allow you to record a video testimonial. And we record it, it goes up on your fan page, you tag it, and now my friends can see that video testimonial. And perhaps one of my friends might be interested in your services as well. So it's a nice way to let the Internet share your story without directly pushing the content. And I think that the, the point about Pushing content is an important one. A lot of people, when they start up the company Facebook page, make the mistake of going real gung-ho with it for a month or so. And then they're like, well, this isn't working. No one's called because of our Facebook page. Nothing is happening. I'm just going to let it languish out there. But that's a mistake. What you're really trying to do is stay in the top of your customers' minds. So when the time comes that they need your services or that someone asks them, who they would recommend, you're the name that comes to mind. So is it something that's going to happen overnight? No, it is absolutely not going to happen overnight. But slowly, over time, building up Facebook fan pages absolutely can be monetized, as our caller uh, talked about earlier, and can really bring in prospects. There's a couple of studies. Um, one is by a group called, I think it's Synapsis, and what they've begun to do is look at how um, brand loyalty is different among companies that have active fan pages and companies that don't. Um, they look at repeat purchases. They also look at customer satisfaction and customer issue resolution. And this is something where Facebook has got a tremendous capacity to really um, help expand your customer service for good or for bad. 
In fact, I think you have a story about that, don't you? Wasn't there a time where you needed to go to Facebook for customer service? Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, and um, I've actually gone several times, but one of the uh, one of the ones that really sticks out at Roundhead, we run our business um, connected to our computers. Um, we have a lot of shared files, and so our server is absolutely critical to our business, and our server crashed, and it was a brand-new server. And I got on the telephone with the provider who explained to me that it was going to be a week before they could send me a new server. And no amount of talking to their customer service personnel really made any difference. I got the same party line over and over and over again that um, it was going to be a week. So I went to their fan page, and I noticed that they were running a contest to give away some piece of equipment, and I posted a comment on their fan page basically saying, you know, guys, it's wonderful you're running this um, contest, but wouldn't it be nice if you also took care of your customer service issues and got parts to your customers? Now, I have to admit, I fueled the fire by calling investor relations and suggesting they look at their fan page. Um, but the result was that I got a call back from customer service. I um, got the overnight shipping bill number, and my server was in my office the next day, at which point I put up a really nice thank you note. Um, but it doesn't have to only be for negative. I, um, I have a wonderful relationship, it sounds so silly, with Discount Tire. We put a nice note up um, one time because of a, a, a customer service issue, and whoever was running their customer service um, interaction through their, their uh, social media reached out and really engaged us in conversation and really talked to my husband and I more about not just tires, but my husband's art, life in Phoenix where they were based. I feel like I have a friend at Discount Tire. Um, I feel like I have a customer support department that I can rely on um, at my server company, and it is because of the interaction through Facebook. I think that, that story really illustrates a critical point. If you have a Facebook fan page and you do not check it, on a regular basis, if you log in once a month to see what's going on, you are in trouble, my friends. Um, you may not think that people are going to your Facebook fan page. I assure you, they are. In fact, I believe Lori had another story where she posted uh, just a question on, on a particular business's Facebook page, and they actually picked up the phone and called her, called her and said, oh, and by the way, don't post things on our Facebook fan page. We don't check that. Well, obviously... Yeah, you do. Um, so you really have to make a concerted effort. If you're going to have the darn thing, use it. Check it. Don't let your customers feel ignored hanging out there. It's only going to blow up in your face. You know, one of the things in, in one of the books that I really liked on this subject um, was by two researchers at Forrester called Groundswell. And they really categorized people into different buckets in terms of their social media interactions. The number of people that will create original content is very small. There's a slightly larger circle of people that might be what are called critics, where they will comment on content that is already created. But the vast majority of people are collectors. They simply go out there and review information and collect content, but they will not comment. 
It doesn't mean they're not coming. It doesn't mean they're not looking at your information. They're just um, not motivated to action. And for that large group of people who are just coming and checking you out, make sure you have something worth coming back for. Absolutely. I I think that one of the the simplest traps that's easy to fall into is to measure your Facebook using only things like number of fall, number of fans, excuse me, and and number of conversations and likes. That's a very shallow metric, okay? Because like like Lorraine just said, many people won't comment, won't like, won't interact with your page in any way. But that doesn't mean you're not reading it. And even if someone does like your page, say they like your latest status update, it takes me one movement of one finger to like your status update. That is such a low buy-in, it does not mean I have any relationship with your brand. The relationships really come in when you can move someone from your Facebook page to your website. And this is the critical point. Whether it's a business-to-business interaction or a business-to-consumer interaction, the point is that what you're really looking to do is is bring them to your website where you can have a longer conversation. So you've got to be looking at your websites. How many customers are coming from your Facebook page? We have a a company that we're working with, and the the business owner is very high profile on Facebook, and he's got a lot of personal interaction. And when we try to encourage him to begin putting more content on his company fan page, he was resistant because he didn't feel like he was getting the same conversations. What we were able to show him is he may not have been having the same conversations on Facebook that he had had when it was just him personally, but 25% of the web traffic or 20% of his web traffic on certain days was originating with content on Facebook. And to me, that's the more critical measure. And having links on your Facebook page, not to your home page, which is sort of this vast wasteland, but to very specific pages. Put something on Facebook that says, um, click here for a white paper. Click here for an article. Click here for more information about X. And then take them to where they can find that information. It will help you figure out what people are interested in. Absolutely. I think that there's also a very critical point in there that you mentioned about people wanting to keep things on their personal fan pages. Uh, This is a mistake for several reasons. First of all, you are getting zero brand recognition. You may think that you're a big shot because all of your friends are ooing and aahing and commenting on it, but you're not building any recognition for your business's name. All you're doing is stroking your own ego. Additionally, if Facebook finds that you're running a business page from your personal page, they will shut you down. That is against Facebook TOS terms of service, and you will get in trouble for it. Additionally, if you have a personal profile, you can only have a maximum of 5,000 fans. Well, that sounds like a lot of people. It does, but not if you're running a popular business page. Uh, it's, it's very possible to get that many fans and more. What happens if you get 5,000? Poof. You're gone. They all disappear, and you are starting from ground zero. It's going to be much harder to rebuild those fans who already thought they were liking you than it was to get them the first time. And there is now within Facebook 
the opportunity if you if you've created a page and it is a personal page to transform it on a one-time transition to a fan page. You're going to lose some of your pictures, but you will retain your friends as fans, and I think that's really important. The other thing is I, there is an advantage to having two separate. For me as a business owner, I can put content on the Roundhead Facebook page, and then I can personally like it. When I like it, my friends see it. They may not be fans of Roundhead. They may not see the Roundhead update, but once I like it, they can see it. And so it's a nice way, not only for me, but for all of the employees of the company to share content and information. You mentioned employees of a company. Is there any way that they can utilize Facebook fan pages? Absolutely. I think that's what makes, honestly, I think that's what makes our fan page interesting is all of our employees can post content. And um, we're a small enough company. We have a shared account that we can use so any of my employees can post either as themselves or as the voice of the company. If you've got a larger company, I would not necessarily recommend that because I think you have to have a certain amount of control over who's putting content in the voice of the company. But any employee can put an update and should. When you hire someone new, put the press release up and let them share it with their friends. Um, we have um, our graphic designer put up samples of his work, as well as just talking about experiences. The more people who are putting content on the page and talking about it, the richer and more interesting it is. So we've got just a few minutes left. Closing thoughts on companies B2B using Facebook. B2B using Facebook, I know that a lot of you out there are still thinking it's stupid. You're still thinking it's a waste of time. Only your kids and your grandkids use Facebook and no one serious does. Stop thinking that. You are wrong. There are many, many, many business people who use Facebook. The number one fastest growing demographic on Facebook is not your grandkids. It's not your kids. It's women over 50. And you better believe that a lot of those women are making business decisions about whether or not to hire you. Find them where you live. You know, loosen the suit tie a little bit and go interact in a human casual space. Oh, awesome. Great, great closing thoughts. Um, we are wrapping up today. I just kind of want to let you folks know that uh, starting next week, we will be broadcasting on Wednesday mornings at 1030. Our next topic will be uh, why prospects hate your website, and I'll be talking with Jay Mattingly about things that you can do to make your website more interesting, more productive, and a better representation of your business. If you've enjoyed today's content, you can find more information on marketing, small business, networking, social media, and web design on our blog at www.roundpeg.biz, and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash roundpegindy. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.